Um, we sing it and trust in you. You're my portion. You're my healer. As we're going through this series, I'm trying so much to talk about how God can, can break through and, and bring power through brokenness and how you can succeed with your scars. And I, I listened to that song and there was a, a woman in the first service who came on came to me afterward and said, um, I have cancer, three, three small children or two, two or three small children. And, and she just found out she had cancer. And you sit through the service and you, you sing songs like that when things are going, okay, I believe that you're my healer, you're my portion, you're enough for me. Um, and I sometimes wonder, are we, are, we really, are we really understanding what we're singing? Are we really, do we believe that? Are we really holding on to that when, when the battles of life, uh, we face the battles of life and the struggles of life? Because regardless of who you are, you're going to, you're going to face these battles. At some point, someone's going to come to you, whether it's physical, emotional, or spiritual, and say something to you that is devastating, that changes your life, if not forever, at least for a long period of time uh, as you walk this earth. And as we go through this series, it's, it's my desire that not only do we, do we come here as the body of Christ of Grace Chapel and, and listen to this, these sermons and talk about the power of brokenness, healing, learning to succeed with scars, but that you look at the people around you and realize what they're going through or think of the people in your neighborhood and realize what, what they're experiencing or people at work. I mean, how many people are losing their jobs or on the verge of losing their jobs or wondering if they're going to lose their jobs and the stress of all of that. We need to take times like this as we go through the series and we need to not only apply it to our own lives, but as we see people around us who are going through this, you know, you might want to go out and just grab, uh, you know, grab the, the CDs and, and take them and give them to someone just as an encouragement because life is tough. Life's a struggle. Life's a struggle. Psalm 42 says, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul longs for you, O God. My soul thirsts for you, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night while men say, uh, while men say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go with the multitude leading the procession to the house of God with the shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festive throng. Why, do you, why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from the Mount of Zimar. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day, the Lord directs his, his love. At night, his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to my rock, the God my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal, mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. You ever felt that way? As we read through this, you ever felt 
this way as you're, as you're going through the difficulties of life. You know, one of the things that we value here at Grace Chapel is being able to take off our masks, being real, being authentic. One of the things that people say about this church is, if nothing else, it's authentic. We try to be authentic. The reality is life is extremely difficult. It's extremely difficult. No matter who you are, what age, where you are in your life right now, what you're going, life is, is now, was, or will be extremely difficult. I remember watching Cheers years back. There was a show called Cheers, and and uh, one of the characters' name was Norm, and Norm would come into Cheers, and when Norm came in, everyone would yell, Norm! And one of the shows, Norm comes walking in, Sam, one of the other characters, says, How's life, Norm? And his response to me is classic. He says, It's a dog-eat-dog world, Sammy, and I'm wearing milk-bone underwear. And I, I never forgot that. I thought about that this week. It is a dog-eat-dog world, and I'm wearing milk-bone underwear. And that is so true. That is so true. So how do you succeed in a world that is constantly taking a bite out of you and leaving you with scars? How do you succeed without losing part of yourself, without losing part of who you really are, the real you? How do you get through life with everyone or the people around you or the, the, the enemy or the world constantly taking a bite out of you and leaving you with scars. Well, that's what I want to talk about this morning. Before we begin, let me set a few expectations. I think all of you know this already, but I don't have all the answers. I don't have a magic wand that I can wave and make all your problems go, go away overnight or keep things from happening to you or, or to myself. I just don't have that ability. What I have are some biblical principles that that hopefully are biblical principle thoughts that I can offer that will hopefully encourage you and, and help you experience peace and joy through the ups and downs of life because that's really what we're, we're talking about here. Trying to experience peace and joy and comfort, trying to find power in our brokenness, trying to learn how to succeed and be all that God has to create, created us to be through the scars and difficulties of life. You know, people often think because I'm more of an optimistic person that life's challenges don't really bother me as much as other people. They don't have the same effect on me. My wife will sometimes say, joking around, if the world were burning, Jeff would say, yes, but what a beautiful color. That's what she says. All that, yeah, it's, it is, but what a beautiful color. And I, I have to admit, sometimes she is right. I, my optimism, the way, I, the way I'm made, I kind of think that way. But the reality is, I really do think the world is burning. I really do. The, 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 the reality is, though, I'm not going to stand around and watch it burn. And I'm going to use everything in me. I'm going to try to mobilize and motivate as many people as possible to help in putting out that fire and what's going on in our world. There's so much difficulty and so much struggle. I mean, like I said, even after the first service, I had a few people come to me and kind of share their hearts and what's going on in their lives. And these are devastating things. The people right around you have devastating things going on in their lives right now. They're struggling. They're struggling maybe physically with some ailment or emotionally they're going through something with someone in their family or their, their distant family and their relationship is strained and it's, becoming, it's, it's putting a lot of stress uh, on their lives. It's going on all around us. See, the question isn't, are we going to face problems in life? That's not the question. The question is, how are we going to deal with the problems that we face in life? 
How are we going to find power in our brokenness? How are we going to overcome the constant physical and emotional and spiritual battles that you and I face every day? Those are the questions. With the time that we have this morning, I want to give you two principles that I think can help answer those questions. Two principles that if we apply those, these principles to our lives will help us answer some of those questions that I just asked. The first is that we need to deal with reality. We need to deal with reality. The reality is that, the reality is that life is sometimes overwhelming no matter who you are. That is reality. Life can be overwhelming no matter how much you put on, you put on the stoic side of yourself and you're, you, you can pull yourself up by your own bootstraps and all that kind of thing. There, at the end of the day, the reality is that life can be overwhelming, overwhelming no matter who you are. Rich, poor, or in the middle, it doesn't matter. You are going to face difficulties. You're going to face struggles in your life. And sometimes they are going to be overwhelming. They're going to pull on our hearts. They're going to drag us down and make us feel like, oh, gosh, uh, how much more of this can I take? Listen to what it says in 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 3 through 5. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the desert. He came to a broom tree, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. He said, I have had enough, Lord. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the tree and fell asleep. All at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. Then David says in Psalm 55, verses 1 through 5, Listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my plea. Hear me and answer me. My thoughts trouble me, and I am distraught at the voice of my enemy, at the stares of the wicked, for they bring down suffering upon me and revile me with their anger. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death assail me. Fear and trembling have beset me. Horror has overwhelmed me. You know, I read that, you read that, and you think, wow, he's really feeling it. I heard the same thing 10 minutes ago. I heard someone saying similar to this 10 minutes ago, feeling the same way a few minutes ago. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death assail me. Fear and trembling have beset me. Horror has overwhelmed me. I mean, you take it, you, you read here, you read Psalm, Psalm 55 and David speaking, you kind of, you know, you, you, you kind of feel it. You kind of, you get, you get understanding of it. But how would you, now if you're a mom or you're, your wife or your mom found out that she has cancer and you have small children and someone got up and read that or said that up here, would it, would it not change the way you're feeling right now? Would you would not be able to enter into that person's suffering or what they're going through? This is what we're talking about this morning. These aren't things from people way in the distance. All oh, these kind of things happen. Maybe we can apply them to our lives. You can apply it to your life right now. If you're not going through it yourself, someone else that is close to you is going through it. Life is sometimes overwhelming no matter who we are. Life can be overwhelming. People think, you know, this, this, is, what, this is what sometimes is difficult in a church. People think if, if I'm overwhelmed or if, I, if I'm knocked down by my circumstances, somehow I'm not spiritually mature. 
If I can be knocked down by these difficulties, if I can be broken a little bit by these difficulties and by this, by this overwhelming struggle that I'm facing right now, somehow I'm just not spiritually mature because I should just be able to cruise right through it. We often make people feel like their struggles, their struggles are a sign of spiritual weakness. When someone has the courage to express their struggles, when someone has the courage to, to, to fess up and say, this is what I'm going through, shed some tears over maybe some sin in their life or some tragedy that they're facing or some emotional pain that they're going through, sometimes we, we make those people feel like their struggles are a sign of spiritual weakness. They're, they're, you know, if they just had more faith in there, they wouldn't feel the way they're feeling. It's like I can't say that I'm discouraged. I can't question my circumstances. I can't get angry. I can't feel like sometimes, oh, I just want to die. Goodness me, how much more can you take of this? You know, you can't say things like that. Got to keep that mask on. Got to, you know, got to keep that stiff upper lip and keep that mask on. You can't say what you're really feeling sometimes. Things like, God, where are you? You said that you would never leave me or forsake me. You said that you would carry me, but I feel like I'm walking alone can't say things like that. You can't say things like, you know, God, I, I'm looking at these people who are wicked, these wicked people who seem to prosper, and, and I'm, I'm one of yours. I'm being faithful to you, and I'm taking it on the chin. I'm, getting, I'm taking a beating here. This guy at work or this person in my neighborhood, they are there so they don't, they don't love you. They don't love other people. They're all for themselves. They're kind of mean and cruel and they do, but they seem to be doing pretty well. They seem to be prospering and I, I'm losing my job and I've been coming to church and I've been serving you and I've been trying to do what you call me to do and I've been reading my Bible and I've been praying and I may be losing my job. What is going on, God? Help me understand this. That's how you're feeling. But somehow in the church, in some t- sometimes we just can't say those kinds of things because you know, people are going to think, I'm not, I'm not spiritually solid. I can't talk that way. You know, if we're going to succeed with our scars, if we're going to find power in our brokenness, then we need to be honest. And we need to be able to express what we're feeling. It's okay to express what you are feeling. I wouldn't say that you should let your feelings dictate the direction of your life, but you should certainly, you should certainly allow yourself the freedom to express, especially in the body of Christ, what you're going through and how you're feeling. You need to be honest. You need to deal with reality. You need to be honest. Chuck Swindoll wrote this. Honesty is a beautiful and refreshing simplicity, has a beautiful and refreshing simplicity about it. No ulterior motives, no hidden meanings, an absence of hypocrisy, duplicity, political games, and verbal superficiality. As honesty and real integrity characterize our lives, there will be no need to manipulate others. Honesty, being honest. Here's the problem. People, people often get frustrated because they can't be honest. They're sitting in the church and they're going through things and they just feel like they can't be honest because everybody else is kind of wearing a mask and coming to church with a smile on their face. Because all the way home, you see what happens is, I don't know about the rest of you, but all the way to church, most of us were singing hymns and singing praise songs and smiling and laughing and not just, and it was, it, I don't know what's wrong with your family. But we don't, I, we never get upset on the way to church. No, it's, it's just, it's like the cleavers, man. And, and if you're not like that, I don't, 
I don't know what's up with you. Something must be wrong with you because that's the way. Come on. But that's the way we, 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 we kind of put things off sometimes. We stick those masks on. Everybody sees everybody else coming through and thinking that no one's going through what I'm going through. That's just not true. And people can't take it sometimes when they, when they want to be honest. They want to express how they're feeling. But everybody else is just, you know, everybody else is just fine. No problems here. They walk away from the church. Because they can't be real and they don't see authenticity. They want to, they, people want to see authenticity. They, they don't think they can live up to someone else's standards. And so they are forced, the people in the church sometimes, to wear masks themselves. And so they put them on. The problem is that doesn't last for very long. It doesn't last for very long because people are looking for reality. As Christians, we need to love each other towards spiritual maturity in Christ, not force each other to conform to our own, our own created standards. That is what is called, that, my friend, that just leads to hypocrisy, and it's called legalism. That's where you get legalism. When Christians kind of start making up their own, their own rules, they start making up their own standards that everyone else has to live by. Love helps us take off the masks that we think we, can, we cannot live without and know that we cannot live within. Love helps us take off the masks that we think that we can't live without and we know in our hearts, we know in our hearts that we can't live within. When you love each other, when you're honest and vulnerable with each other, if we're gonna if we're gonna find if we're gonna find power in our brokenness and succeed with our scars, there needs to be honesty in the body of Jesus Christ. When you love someone and you're honest with them and you share with them, man, I struggle. We we yell sometimes on the way to church too. And I, boy, you know, here's some things that I'm working on in my life, and here's some things I'm struggling with. And sometimes I I say to God, God, how I don't understand this. Why is this happening? When you share those kinds of things, that honesty, that love allows people to drop their masks and put them aside. I think it's I think it's I think it's really good to grow older. I do. I do. I do. Because the older you get, the less you care what other people think. Isn't that true? You ever listen to some old people? Don't you wish sometimes you could say, I wish I could have said that. I wish, boy, <laughs> you know, grandma or grandpa. And it's not just being, they're not being obnoxious sometimes. They just are not worried about what you think. I love people who don't worry about what other people think. They're not worried about it. They realize as you get older, it's just something as you get older, as you get older, you realize what's important and what's not important. Seniors in high school, for the first, that's when it really hits you the very first time. When you're in your second half of your senior year or your senior year in high school, and you start looking around and thinking, why did I care from fifth grade what these people thought? I have been living my life for years consumed with what these people thought. The people I will never see again for the most part, except for the closest ones to me. But I was consumed my whole life in school with what these folks thought. And now you're going, why was I so worried about it? That's the first time you start to realize it. And then it's just, there are different times in your life. When you get older, it really hits you. It's like, you know, I don't have much more time. I'm not sure how much more time I have left on this earth. I'm not going to be concerned about what you think because you begin to get more wisdom and understand, you know what, I'm just going to be, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to drop my mask. I'm going to be myself and not in a bad way, in a good way, in a good way. Caesar 
Pavis wrote this. The closing years of life are like the end of a masquerade party when the masks are dropped. The end of your life is like a masquerade party when the masks are dropped, when you let them go, when you lay them down. But I'll tell you what, we shouldn't wait until we're old to be honest. And we shouldn't wait until we are old to be authentic. We need to start being honest and authentic and real right now in the church. I, and I, I am not beating you up with this one because I believe that our church has, a, has those qualities. But you know what? We have to continue to be that way. We need to continue to open up and share our lives with each other so that the person next to you doesn't, doesn't feel like they're alone, doesn't feel like what they're going through. They're the only person on the planet who ever has been through this. No other Christian thinks this. No other Christian struggles with this. No other Christian feels this way. That is ridiculous. If you feel it, a lot of other people around you feel it as well. We need to be honest and authentic now. Here's the thing that always struck me. I I think about this a lot. Jesus Christ can sweat blood, but I can't let you see me sweat. That's wrong. I'm I'm sorry. That is just wrong. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus Christ is in agony to the point where it says he sweat blood and then we're not allowed to let each other see the other person sweat or go through some difficulties or feel what they're feeling. The, the spiritual agony that we go through sometimes, the emotional agony or the physical agony, we've got to put those masks on and keep everyone at distance. Jesus Christ can sweat blood, but I can't let you see me sweat. I'm sorry. I don't agree with that at all. I need to be real. I need to be real as real as I possibly can with those around me, with my family, with all of you, with the people that I interact with around the world, I need to be real because that gives people a glimpse. That gives people a glimpse of Christ. When you're pretending to be someone, that's not giving people a glimpse of Jesus Christ. When you work through your issues and you're open and honest about it, that gives people a glimpse of Christ. And how, the way that does it is because you're, you're being honest and you're, you're allowing people to see your vulnerability and you're allowing people to enter into your life and you're allowing people to see how Christ is working in and through you. That's how they see him. As they watch you, be, as they watch you change, as they watch your life be transformed. People who want to find power in brokenness need to live in reality or they will never experience the freedom that is found in Jesus Christ. So many people are living in bondage and they're not experiencing the freedom that is found in Jesus Christ, the freedom that Jesus has to offer. So I encourage you, I beg you this morning, I plead with you, be real. Ask questions, express your feelings, talk it out, talk it through. I mean, how often do you, I mean, who here has ever read their Bible and had a question? Anybody? Only people who didn't raise their hands don't read their Bibles, okay? So, okay, let's just be honest. We all have questions, but here I'm saying to you, you need to be real. You need to ask, if you have questions, you need to ask those questions, find answers. Because what happens is we have questions and then we're not supposed to ask questions because we're supposed to have faith. That is completely bogus. Of course we have faith. We're believers in Jesus Christ. We have faith. Now we have questions. I have faith and questions. 
And if you don't answer the questions, what happens is they keep nagging at you and you find more questions and you just keep going to yourself. And I think some of it, I'm, I'm just going to hit us right here. I think some of it's stinking laziness, okay? It's not just faith, it's lazy. We have questions, but we don't seek out the answers to our questions. And then something rough hits us or we hit a patch or someone asks us the same question because they're dealing with it. We don't have the answer and it rocks our faith. It rocks our foundation because somehow there's no answer. There are answers, There are answers to most of the questions that we have. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 29, 29, the secret things are hidden with the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and our children. Most of the things that we have questions about are things revealed, and they do have answers. You need to talk to me. You need to talk to someone else. You need to get some good books. You need to seek it out. You need to get online, whatever it takes, but you need to find answers to those questions. Be real. Ask the questions. Talk it through. Don't get hurt. Don't get frustrated and just walk away. Don't just walk away. Find the answers to your questions. And if you're hurt, spend some time with someone. Don't just get angry and walk away. Find someone and, and that just the two of you, whatever, some spiritual mature person and unload on them. I don't understand how can God, if there is a God, then bang, you unload because that's better unloading on some spiritually mature person As a friend, you may be spiritually mature too, but you just want to unload. That is better than letting it all build up inside and not getting it out because that causes all kinds of bad things to happen in your life. Get it out. Talk to God. Have a conversation with God. You know, I learned early on in my Christian life, my God is a big God. My God can handle my questions. He can even handle my attitude sometimes. He straightens me out, but he can take it. He's not ready. He's not, oh, Greer, one more, one more word out of you. You know what I mean? It's like your father in the front seat. You know what I mean? It's not, he's not doing that. You know, you're in the side seat right next to him. My dad used to be great at that. I remember when I was younger, he'd drive, my brother be mouthing off, and he wouldn't even move. He'd just go, and then, you know, that's not God. That's not what God's doing, you know? He's not waiting for you to, you know, he, he, can, he can deal with, he can handle your questions and your concerns and your frustrations. God is a very patient God and he does have answers to our questions. But let me share a little secret with you. The questions you're asking now are sometimes best answered, best answered when the trial, when that trial or season of life, okay, is further along. Sometimes that that question is best answered when that trial or season of difficulty is, 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 is kind of further along or is over. You're going through some difficulty and you want to know the answer right now, but you can't know the answer right now because some, some, things, some things take time to unfold. And sometimes that question is best answered, that difficulty is best answered at the end of that season, of that difficult season. Then it begins to open up. It's only then that some answers are revealed. And be honest with you, it's only then that some answers make any sense. If someone tried to explain to you when you're going through it or in the very beginning, it sometimes wouldn't make any sense to you because there are things that happen down the road. There are nuances. There are things that go on that you don't even understand, that are not even a part of your life yet, that all play into this. And then at the end of that season, you stand back and go, oh, how many times in your life have you said, God, why? Why am I going through this? Why am I being put through this? What's the purpose in all this? And now, years later, years later, now the answer is clear. You step back and say, if, if I didn't go through that, this never would have happened. 
This ne- I, would have never, I would have never had a chance and opportunity to experience this or to talk to this person or to grow in this area. It, it was this experience here that for me in the beginning was, why, why, why? And now you're going, thank God. Thank God I went through this in order to experience this, in order for God's kingdom to be moved forward in this area, in order for that relationship to be restored in that area. You know, we, 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 need, to, we need to allow ourselves that time to find that clarity. Or, or, you know what, sometimes you grow to the point where you don't need all the answers. You really don't. You grow to the point where you don't need all the answers. You learn to, to rest in God's truth and not in God's explanations. My wife taught me that. She said, you have to, you know, I have to learn to rest in God's, God's truth, not in God's explanations. Because the reality is, even if someone gave you a good explanation for the question you have, it may not matter. There are some times that people could tell you why certain things happen, and it wouldn't matter. So you trust in God's truth, in God's ultimate plan and his truth, not his explanations or anyone else's explanations. The truth is, I can find power in my brokenness even without having all my questions answered. But I'll tell you something. There is, there is, there is encouragement and there's spiritual growth when you seek out the answers. At the end of the day, there are the secret things of human with the Lord our God. There are those things. But you know what? You find strength in trying to figure them out. God brings you further along in your spiritual journey as you try to figure those things out. And as you grow spiritually, you realize, you know what? I don't need all the answers. In order to find power in my brokenness, I don't need all the answers. In order to succeed, to learn how to succeed with the scars of my life, I don't need all the answers. Another way to find power in brokenness is to realize that we need to stop looking for quick fixes. We are a culture, I'm sorry, and it permeates the church. We are a culture of quick fixes fixes. We want things fixed right now. We like to watch sitcoms that last a half hour. There's a struggle in the beginning. They go through it and they figure it out in a half hour. The whole thing's solved in a half hour, maybe an hour. Or maybe at least by the end of the season, it's figured out. We want it, we want it right now. Whatever's new and sounds spiritual, we grab it. If it sounds spiritual, if someone gets up and says something that's a little bit new, a little nuance to a new little, little idea, a little twist on something that you've heard before, all of a sudden it sounds real spiritual and you grab hold of it. Every year something sweeps through Cincinnati. This somebody comes into town and brings this new idea or this new thing and everybody's swarming to this conference or whatever else or whatever. I'm just making these. Every couple years something like this happens and people go there and they, and they, they jump on that bandwagon and that, because that, that, you know, it's, it, you know, I tried this one, 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 now I'm going to try that one. Oh, because that one sounds, re- that's a new way of putting it, and I'm sure if I just latch onto that, that's going to change my whole entire existence, or whatever new book or whatever new thing, seminar comes out, you know, maybe, I'm, and don't get me wrong, not criticizing reading good books, I read books all the time, love to read good, solid Christian books, but sometimes, instead of dealing with God, Instead of really going and looking at it, look at yourself in the mirror and taking the hard road to really deal with the issues that are in your life, really digging down deep and allowing God, allowing God alone to enter into your heart and move in you, you somehow think this author is going to come up with something new that you've never heard before that's going to fix all of your problems. My friends, he probably wrote that book because he went to God himself or she went to God herself and worked through these things and they were trying to explain to you how going to the Lord
Lord and allowing God alone to work in your life can transform your life. You think somehow that book is going to have some magic formula in it that's going to change you. And so, you know what? You, you do get changed. You got changed 10 years ago, and then you changed again the same, the same thing five years ago and three years ago and this year. And in five years from now, you'll be doing the exact same thing. You need to understand it is God's power. It is through God's power that transformation takes place. Use these books. Use these seminars as tools. But here is the ultimate tool. This is it right here. You want to transform your life? You want to know how to fix all of your problems? You want to know how to live a holy and godly life? You want to find peace and joy and contentment in Christ? There it is. Everything else revolves around this. Everything else should point to this. And this points to God and says, allow God to transform your life. Allow the Holy Spirit of God to move in your life. You know, if you want to find power in brokenness, you need to stop putting a Band-Aid on your really big problems. You need to stop putting one of those little Batman or whatever Band-Aids on your big, huge problems open wound. It's not going to work. It hasn't worked in the past. It's not going to work now. You need to allow God to truly get into your life. I know it bothers some people sometimes when I talk about overcoming your pain and facing a crisis head on or dealing with your personality or your personality flaws. But the reality is, my friends, pretending that they don't exist because you found the, the spiritual fountain of happy, happy, joy, joy is not solving, going to solve your problems. That new, that new creative, it's not going to solve your problems. What's going to solve your problems, what's going to change your life, what's going to transform you into the person that God wants you to be is right here, and it's the Holy Spirit living in you. And it's you standing back and saying, God, I am open to you using me. Do what you need to do. That new mask that you just put on, that you picked up or wherever it was, is not going to last forever. Take it off right now. Take it off, even if it sounds kind of spiritual, Take it off and deal with God. Stop hiding behind the mask and deal with God. L- let me tell you why a lot of people want, don't want to do that. It's because they don't, they don't have trust. They don't trust. That song we were singing, I trust in you. I trust in you. You're my fortress. You're my healer. I trust in you. We need to trust them. We need to live that out. We need to trust God. You, you think if you deal with that crisis, and this is why you don't, you think if you deal with that crisis or if, you fa- if, you're, if you're going to face that old memory or if you're going to try, try to carve character out of chaos, that you're somehow not going to be able to deal with that. You're not going to be able to deal with it. And so you, you just you kind of step away from it. You try to, like I said, pick out these kinds of things that make it salve, put the salve on a little bit, put that band-aid on. But you're afraid that if you really go after it, if you allow God to really go after it, you're not going to be able to deal with that. And so you hide behind your emotional experience or you hide behind your, your knowledge. But my friend, it's all the same. You're still hiding. You're still hiding. Except some of us, some of us have become really good as we're older Christians, at hiding behind those emotional experiences or by our knowledge, we hide behind them. God, God says, you know, come out from behind the knowledge. Well, you know how smart you are, but you still have some issues I need to deal with. Come out behind, uh, calm down, calm down. I know, it's really exciting. I'm really, I know I'm excited. you're excited about me. Come out from behind that. Let's deal with this. We need to talk about this. You can be excited after you talk about it, okay? You can, you can have all the excitement you want, but put away your knowledge, put away... And this, let's talk. Let's, the two of us get together and let's work through this issue in your life and allow me to 
truly heal it so you can be the person I've created you to be. How many of us have, you know, have, have ever really allowed God to do that in our lives, have allowed God to kind of take over and allowed him to move in that way? You know, we need to have faith. That's what it boils down to. We do need to have faith, but not in ourselves. We need to have faith in God. We need to have trust and faith in him, ultimately. It's not enough to have faith in your abilities and what you're capable of doing and all these kinds of things. You need to have faith in God. And I can promise you something. If you do what I just asked you to do, I can promise you something. It's really going to hurt. Love to tell you all kinds of niceties. It's really going to hurt. But I can promise you something else as well. God will get you through it. God will carry you through it. God will sustain you through it. God's going to restore you. God's going to heal you. And God will give you the freedom. Listen to this. God will give you the freedom, the freedom that has eluded you all of your life from that very first experience, from whatever it is that has gotten you where you are right now. God will give you the freedom. He will allow you to experience a freedom that has eluded you your entire life. The reality is discouragement and difficulty will be with us. It's here to stay. But in the midst of it all, we can find success even with our scars. We can do that. God has promised that we can do that. Remember what David said in Psalm 55? Oh, he was going through all the struggles and the difficulties and the, the agony. He was, he was expressing that, which is a great thing. This is really good. David was good just kind of laying it all out. But then he goes on to say in Psalm 62, 1 and 2, my soul finds rest, listen to me, my soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. I will never be shaken. It is a good thing. It is a great thing to express your feelings, to express what you're going through in your life, to let it all out. But then you need to trust God. You need to express what you're going through, but at the end, you need to trust God. You need to, you need, you, you need to, to live what you know to be true, not what you feel at the time. It is fine to feel it. It's fine to express it. You want to do that, but you have to live on what you know to be true, not on what you feel at the time. And God will help you do that. He'll help you differentiate between those two things. You know, seasons change in life. Circumstances change. Life changes. You change. I change. Others change. But God remains the same and his love endures forever. God remains the same. Everything else can change, my friends. Oh, those ev- but you know what? Our God never changes, and his love will endure forever, and that love will carry us through whatever we are going to face in our lives. I, I-, I realize now that if I'm going to fulfill my mission in life, if-, if I'm going to experience power in brokenness, that I need to see my life through God's eyes. If I'm going to experience all that we've been talking about through this series, I need to see my life through God's eyes. I need to draw on his power every single day. Every single day. Not, not when I'm just going through it. I need to draw on that power every single day and in every single circumstance. Whenever I feel it, whenever I'm going through it, every single day, in every single circumstance. Some of you may be thinking right now, well, you know, that sounds fine for you to say, Pastor, because you're, you're always up and, you know, you, you, you're, you're always feeling a certain way. You're always, you're always excited and all this kind of thing. But you know what? The reality is, my friends, I'll just be really honest with you. I have to get up every single day and decide to live my life with passion. 
I need to get up every single day and decide to use the, the past pain that I've been through to carve out a better future. I need to make those decisions every single day. It doesn't matter if it's me or you. None of us are exempt from having to get up every single day and make those choices. It, it is so easy for me and for some of you, it's so easy to have vision. It's so easy to dream. It's so easy to use our gifts. It's so easy to love people who love us. That's really easy. At least it's easy for me. Those are things that are easy for me. But you know what is really difficult? People say, well, you know, you're the pastor. You're the pastor. And so those, those things, the, the vision, the dreaming, the, the using your gift, those things are easy for me. You know what's really difficult? It is really hard to get up every day and decide to put on your armor one more time. And decide to limp into battle one more time. Decide to stand up to one more unjust person. Decide to listen to one more criticism. That's difficult. Finding your, finding your power in your, in, in your brokenness isn't easy for anyone. It's not easy for anyone here. Don't look around the room and say, well, they haven't been through what I've been through. It's easy for them. It's difficult for me. Don't look around at everybody else. It is difficult for everyone to get up every single day. You have no idea what other people have been through. Some people you're really close to have never told you what they've been through. And it's difficult for them to get up every single day and put on that armor one more time to literally limp into battle, spiritual battle, one more time. It is not easy for anyone. It's not easy for any of us. It's difficult. That's why we're talking about it. That's why I'm bringing this uh, right to you this morning, to be able to say, hey, we're all going through this. Let's just do life together. This is difficult for everyone. It takes spiritual discipline. It takes, it takes a relentless spirit. It takes seeing things from an eternal perspective, and all of those things are difficult. Here's a verse I want to read you. I want you, if you have your Bible, underline it or mark it on a piece of paper or something that I really want you to learn this verse. I want you to try to memorize this verse over the next week or so. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. Therefore, listen, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles, eternal perspective, are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Eternal perspective. We need to be, it's difficult, it's hard for us all, but I have to keep bringing us back to this because if we are going to find power in our brokenness, if we are going to succeed with our scars, then we must, all of us, and no one is exempt from this, you must be able to see life from an eternal perspective. What is seen is temporary, light and momentary. I know it sounds horrible, but it's, it, this life will be over and we will spend eternity with him. We need to see life from an eternal perspective, not from a temporal perspective. So I ask you this morning, if you would, bow your heads with me. And I want you spiritually, emotionally, I want you to take off your mask. Take off your mask this morning, whatever it is, whatever mask you're wearing, thinking you have to hide behind, take off that mask and truly see life and yourself for the very first time. Trust God to show you who you are. Take off that mask and see life and see yourself for the very first time.